Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. He has this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Back with you again for another episode of Yakuza Kick Radio. Uh... So I guess first things first, let's just get into the Super Bowl, you know, because shit just happened, you know, while it's still fresh on my mind and everything. Um, I guess the first thing I'd like to, to note about the Super Bowl, yeah, probably, you know, one of the most important things in most people's mind is the fact that John Zandig did not watch the Super Bowl. And you, you think, why did John Zandig not watch the Super Bowl? Well, then you'd have to refer back to this post that he made. Just the other day that said, uh, this will be the first Super Bowl I haven't watched since I was a teenager, which, you know, already we're fucking up because, you know, this guy's grammar is crazy. Uh, so he says, this will be the first Super Bowl I haven't watched since I was a teenager due to cancel culture and black lives don't matter bull crap. And then he put F-U-K-M. So I guess that's fuck em. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's the type of shit that John Zandig is on. Um, you know, I, I don't even know how to how to put fucking further words into that type of thing, because 
I mean, he's just he's out of his mind to be that like openly just bigoted and just be like, yeah, this is why I'm not watching the Super Bowl because they might mention that Black Lives Matter, and I and I hate the thought of that. Like, it's just, it's just bizarre. It's just absolutely bizarre. But um, you know what? What can you do? That's uh, that's the life he's living now. Um, so the Super Bowl itself, uh, it, unbelievable. I mean, when it comes down to it, for Patrick Mahomes to get shut down, not score a single touchdown in a game, this guy is a point machine. Um, and, and the plays he made in that game, or he at least attempted to make, you know, would have been some of the greatest plays of all times in the history of the game. The, the, the one throw he made where he was, like, horizontal. He was scrambling. He was getting out of the way. He was about to get hit. He goes airborne. This guy's sideways and throws a bullet. Hits, hits his guy in the face mask, and he just doesn't catch the ball. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that they win the game, but, I mean, if guys are making catches like that when he's trying to find a way to pull a win out against a defense, it's just locking them down. Then, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's clearly what needs to happen. If someone on the other side of that ball needs to be as good as he is on, on the throwing side, which is a tough task because he's, he's amazing. Mahomes is absolutely amazing. He did every single thing he could to win that game. Um, and I'm going to talk in a second about these shitty fucking uh, football fans slash Niner fans because I've just had it with these fucks. But um, on the message boards and the, or the, the uh, group pages and shit. But Mahomes played his ass off. On the side of the Bucks. I mean, they just dominated on defense. That that is the best defensive game that you could play against a Patrick Mahomes. You know, we're talking about. They said since high school, Patrick Mahomes has not been able to be shut out from scoring a touchdown in four quarters since high school. And I know he doesn't have like a thirteen-year football, you know, NFL career put in yet or anything, but that's a lot of games. That's a lot of continuous games of at least scoring one touchdown during the course of a game. So during the Super Bowl of all things, to, to show up that big, you got to give huge credit to them. And Tom Brady is just an absolute machine. That's it. I mean, you can't take away what Brady's done, and I don't go fuck who you are because it, it, it's it's enough already with this. You know, oh Tom's a cheater. I mean, you're retarded. Who, who the fuck at this point is going to argue a, a guy who won seven Super Bowls? You, you know, Tom Brady is tied for the league lead in, you know, as a franchise, the most you, you've won in Super Bowls could be seven at this point. And, and he's, he's, he's got seven. Just him. You know, to deny that and just go, oh, it's fixed. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. It makes you look pathetic. And I think that's what a lot of this comes down to is these people have a hard time taking losses. They they can't accept a loss. It, it's terrible sportsmanship, and it's just 
you know, overall, I mean, what more can be said about that? If you win, everything's all good. If you lose, it's the refs, it's the fix was in, it's this and this. It's, it's like this jerk off president we just had. He was calling it rigged before the thing ended at all. Because as far as he was concerned, there's no way he could he could lose fairly. So that's that's delusional. That's a shitty attitude to have about a, a sport that you're going to go head to head with another uh, another team. And at the end of that, the better team's going to win. Sure, there might be some bad calls and this and this, but you know, like I stated my case on the Niner one of the Niner group pages going into this weekend because. Yeah, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I um, I said on the podcast before, but the way that they crowned Brady and and the Bucks champions as soon as he signed to me was disrespectful to my defending NFC champions. Um, sure, injuries destroyed our team, and we stood no chance this year. But at the time of that signing, we were every bit as expected to be returning Super Bowl contenders. I, I mean. They were talking about in the Super Bowl, we'll probably see a rematch of these two teams next year. Brady, who did not win the Super Bowl the previous year with, uh, you know, New England, you know, goes to Tampa Bay and they're like, well, that's a wrap. They're, they're you know, the Bucs are winning the Super Bowl. And to me, I just thought that I didn't like the way that that sounded, you know. So I've never been a Brady hater. And, you know, in in the end with him winning this, it's just fucking incredible. To see a guy 43 years old go out there and win the Super Bowl. And to know that this dude is still hyped. He is still screaming at players. He's out there fucking amped up. He texted his whole team the day before the Super Bowl. And the night before the Super Bowl. And just said, we're winning this game. Like This is your starting quarterback. And he's taking on this responsibility to hype his whole team up. Because he's still that invested. In and this is one of these things that... I identify with this. I identify with, with this with this greatness. Because it's a good thing to identify with. Not because I could play football. And I'm going to talk about Jordan later. And um, not because I could play basketball. But I try to excel and be the best at what I do. And and own that. You know? Like, my thing is I, I, I take care of cats. And I... I find homes for cats that other people say this this cat is unadoptable. This this cat should be put to sleep. This this cat's life should end because yeah, there's no hope for this. And because I don't accept failure very well, I push and push and I make sure that that cat stands a chance. And in the end of it, these cats go home. And and together, you know, I, I win with this cat. You know, and, and, you know, now that I have so much more control and I could help the staff build into doing the same thing that I'm doing. And, and we as an organization will do this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of having that opportunity to build your team to really get everybody on the same page. So I identify with that when I see, you know, the Tom Brady's that just no matter how long he's in, because now let's not get it fucked up. I've been in my job for 20 years and every single day I'm happy to be there. Not a lot of people could say that about their job and not a lot of people are still trying to build on what they've done and still trying to excel and, and 
just every day is another challenge and I'm stepping up again and again. So it's not to put myself on a level of a superstar because believe me, my greatness doesn't equal payday. My greatness doesn't equal uh, financial stability. You know, that's, that's <laughs> unfortunately my field that I'm in doesn't equate with, uh, you know, what the entertainers do and the, and the athletes do. But it is what it is, and it's my life. But for that reason, I, I feel like people should want to um, strive for greatness and, and, and identify with that as the right way to be. So the fact that so many people take offense to Tom Brady winning so often, it, it, it's a failure as a person. You're a failed human being. If you look at this guy who's been a good sportsman his whole fucking career, he's not a shithead. He's not fucking drunk driving all over the place. He's not, you know, you don't hear any bad shit about this guy. And then, oh, well, the the deflate the ball. Really? You're worried about air pressure in the ball. You're so worried about this fucking guy beating you. That air pressure in the ball fucks your world up where you're like, that's the only way you want. You're serious? If you're if you're bringing things down to that type of detail, you lost already. You you couldn't beat this guy on your best fucking day because you're talking about. Hey, oh, I think the ball was a little softer than it. You know, it, it's it's pathetic. It really is because when you when you total up the amount of wins he's got, the the consistent uh, dominance that this guy has had in in the NFL for all these years, and it just to, to talk yourself into the fixes in and he's just, well, then why would you ever watch a sport that they were just letting one guy win all the, the Super Bowls? And you're just like, maybe it's not fixed this year and my guys will win. And then if they don't, it's definitely fixed again. Like, get the fuck out of here. It sounds silly as shit. It, it just does. Um, and, you know, over the years, how many guys has this guy made look like gold how many wide receivers have you never heard of that he just lit them the fuck up he made them a name you know it's it's really incredible what he's accomplished and you know i i don't hate him at all you know um so he just went out there and did his fucking thing and he went out there and won a seventh fucking super bowl which is absolutely amazing and you know i I think that's great that we got to witness that shit. You know, the same way that I think it's great that we get to witness what LeBron does. And now in retrospect, as I go back to it, uh, the, the, the Michael Jordan saga, you know, the, the whole era that he, he lit up. But I'll, I'll circle back to that because I don't want to get off the Super Bowl completely. Um, the, uh, the, the shit talking back and forth, even that, you know, you talk with Tom Brady, Tom Brady got into it with um, Tyron Matthew. And, uh, you know, they were back and forth and Tom like chased him down to say some more shit to him. He sent him a text after the game saying, look, man, I apologize. Like, you know, I was a little, a little out of character. I was hyped up, you know, but that's the type of guy he is. You might get that into it there in the game where he's, he's really going at you. But after the game, like, Hey, no hard feelings, man. I, you know, I didn't mean that shit like that. He's a, you know, you're a fierce competitor and I know I just had to step my game up to deal with you. 
you know that that's that's respect um you know the the other stuff with uh hill getting taunted back and all that that's you earn that shit you're giving people the you know peace out sign every time you smoke them down the sideline if someone shuts you down expect that shit back the same way the Kembe Matumbo would get that fucking wagging finger when someone had dunked on him. Like, you ain't blocking me, motherfucker. That's that's sports to me. Now, again, you know, some of that stuff you're going to get flagged for, and you earn that. You know, you know if you're too blatant about it, you're going to get flagged for it. You've got to figure out whether it's a, um, a worthwhile penalty to take. If the game's over, no big deal. But if, you know, the game's on the line, then that's a completely different story. I'd feel differently about it. But, you know, congrats to the Bucks. You know, congrats to Brian. I know he's he's hyped up over his Bucks. Congrats to uh, Nick, two scoops. You know, he's he's hyped beyond hype. That dude is... <laughs> he, he's always been talking shit. So when his team finally gets that win, you know... It's got to be a great feeling for him. So congrats to him for sure, because he is a diehard Bucks fan. Um, halftime, the uh, weekend. Who the fuck with the weekend? Uh, see, here's the thing. I watched the beginning of that shit, and I watched the presentation, the way they they were lining it up. And I'm going, man, this looks cool as shit. But this guy has nothing on his fucking catalog worth talking about on Super Bowl halftime. Like nothing, you know, uh, no guests, no, no, nothing. The weekend should be a guest at best. I mean, this dude is not that level and, and maybe he sold stupid amount of records and all of that shit, but Super Bowl halftime and I'm listening to, I can't feel my face, but get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's. Amazing presentation, but th- those aren't classic fucking songs. Those aren't like forever jams. We've had Prince. We've had fucking, I, I mean, countless, countless fucking halftime shows that were just star studded, like four mega stars on the same fucking halftime. And and this time we just get the fucking weekend. That just this guy. Uh, it's it's silly as shit. Great production, all that. And then I heard something like he spent like seven or nine million of his own money to make that that shit look that much better. So that whole halftime show would have been bullshit if he didn't spend any money because the presentation wouldn't have been there, and his song still ain't shit. So I don't know. I, I think that's that's fucking crazy. I hope they get something better lined up for next year. Um. Yeah. There's nothing more I could really fucking put into that, but yeah, that's the Super Bowl as a whole. Um, let me see. Let me might as well just go right into the Jordan thing because I had mentioned it a few times anyway. So I watched the Last Dance. Now I had always been a Jordan hater. Now I just thought, you know, I I didn't know any background of much of anything, so I wasn't a Bulls fan and. They were just dominant. And, you know, I think I had to mature to really see everything for what it was, the way that I'm explaining to you now about Brady and everything. I just saw that this dude was just dominant. He was just killing it. Nobody stood a fucking chance. Jordan was just fucking running things. 
And then in the end, like, you know, with the gambling and the, his father gets killed and then he hops out of basketball to dodge that gambling shit. And then it comes back in when the when they couldn't press charges anymore type shit. I just saw him as a scumbag that way. But in retrospect now, now that I've seen the uh, the last dance and listened to him talk about all these things with his fucking school bus yellow eyes, I don't know if like his liver's going or what the fuck's going on, but this motherfucker's looking crazy in the eyeballs. But um, again, I identify with this because you should. And he drove himself fucking harder than anybody else out there. He's a guy who didn't make his fucking high school team and then worked that much harder to make sure that he made an impact. This guy came into the league and was one type of player. The Pistons beat the shit out of him, and he went and he put that he put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason to battle this physical Pistons team. He knew that specifically the Pistons were throwing him around that fucking court. And I need to get a little stronger to do this shit. So he hit the weights that fucking hard in his offseason because he was incredibly talented regardless. But he knew I gotta I gotta tinker this part of my game to deal with those motherfuckers there. And he would do that. And he would demand that fucking that level of intensity and attention to detail out of his other te- his teammates because he was willing to do it himself. So he led by example. And clearly not everybody's Michael Jordan, but at least if you were putting that effort out there and you were paying that attention to detail, you know, you know, you could gel with this dude. And he took shit very personal, but that's what drove him to be that much fucking better because he wasn't content. He was never content. So if someone compared somebody to him, it was like, nah, man, I I took that shit personal. I'm not in the same boat as this guy. That's I'm not, you know. And then like uh, Clyde Drexler, they put him in the same fucking category as him. He bust his ass every time out after that because he wanted to show, like, nah, man, I'm on another level than this guy here. You can't just put me like, oh yeah, Clyde and Jordan and guys that are great like that. He's like, hold on, you know. People might say Jordan, and then oh, you know, Clyde's good too. You know, Clyde's doing his thing he's hall of fame caliber too but jordan is is another level of of athleticism and everybody knew that but if people forgot that or or mentioned it in in a way that they just kind of put him with everybody else he didn't appreciate that shit and he shouldn't because the level that he was on he deserves to be acknowledged as that so the way that he had to explain all the things that went on in time. And I still think his gambling got his father killed. And that's why he hopped out of basketball and this and that. But again, in retrospect, it's his vice. I have my fucking vice with the drinking and I got past that and all that. But so that was his fucking vice. Incredibly talented, incredibly driven. But he had a vice. So who the fuck doesn't? And if he got his fucking, just say, hypothetically speaking, if his vice got his fucking father killed, you know that bothers him more than it fucking bothers me. So how am I going to hold that against him if he has to live with that shit? He loved his father. So I got to take it all into account and just go, you know what? I'm a fucking Michael Jordan fan now. After years and years and years, decades of hating this fucking guy, 
I finally see this in a clearer fucking vision. And this isn't clearly not jumping on the bandwagon. I think that that is coming gone by this point. But now I get it. Now I get everything. I see it in a way clearer way. And, and I respect the shit out of what he did out there. So uh, that's that's my uh, my Jordan ramblings and, and whatnot. Um, let me go to my notes real quick because I had written down shit I wanted to cover. Um the snow shooting. Let's talk about that shit, man. All right. So somewhere in Pennsylvania, this shit was, and this video hit the fucking internet. Uh, G sent it to me first. And yo, like, I don't like this shit. I don't like this type of shit at all. Like, I don't, I don't look for murders. I don't want to see a fucking guy break his leg sideways. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even really watch like horror movies and shit. You know, and I was into deathmatch wrestling and all, all that. So it's not that I can't handle it, but like I don't, I don't enjoy like people getting killed or this and that. The deathmatch stuff, like that, didn't bother me. But I, I was never a guy that went for the blood. You know, what I mean, I would never be seeing like an amazing match and be like, oh, I can't wait till they start bleeding. Like that, don't really give a shit. That was clearly part of it, and it was fine. And I, you know, at the end of a deathmatch, if guys were you know, that wife beater back shit where, I mean, just looked insane. I mean, that was a cool effect and, you know, the crimson mask is, is cool and all of that, but it was never like the part of it that I was looking forward to. I wanted a good match above all the wrestling side of death match. Wrestling was always what, what got me. I, I like the spots. I like a power bomb into a stack of tubes. I don't like the fucking sit there and fucking, carve a thing into your forehead and then I watch you pull your hand up and fucking stab yourself in the forehead. That's that's insulting to my intelligence and it's gross. You know what I mean? Like like I saw the clips of like Cannonball and, and Pondo. It's disgusting. It's just like two fat guys stabbing each other in the forehead and, and stabbing themselves in the forehead. Bleeding profusely, looking non-athletic. It, it's just that, that shit is whack to me. Like that, that's I don't like that at all. I like a fight. You know, I like shit that looks like they're trying to fucking kill each other and it, and if it's done in a way where you know there's wrestling moves and there's impact and you know it has to be done pretty creatively to me that shit where they you know brawl around the ring and stab each other in the head and eh, I'm, again i mean I, i've lost my taste for most of that anyway just because it's all been done and it's it's been overdone. It was oversaturated and that killed it. But um, yeah, just, just as far as my, my taste goes on that. But anyway, so this video I got and apparently it was like the, this couple that had kept getting into it with the guy across the street. And uh, this day didn't go too well for anybody. So they're out there in the middle of the street and screaming at this dude we're gonna make your life a living hell and pussy and this and that and uh just just kept yelling pussy 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 in his in his yard and this dude had enough of that shit i don't you know they said oh, i'm gonna make your life a living hell i don't think he liked the way that shit sounded because he he shot this motherfucker and he he let off like a bunch of shots before he even made contact and shit so but 
He finally hit this fucking dude. And him and the wife are standing there like they want all the fucking smoke in the world. Like they're just screaming at this dude. They're they're straight up. I don't look. I don't know what happened previous to this. They had a long running thing. The guy that shot the other two might have done something terrible, and this is their retaliation. I don't know, but the end again. This day didn't go good for fucking anybody. Um. So. They're yelling pussy, pussy, but next thing you know, he's letting off shots. He hits the dude. He stumbles back. He hits the fucking wife, and then he, he fucking shoots her, and then he walks up over her and, and throws a couple more in her, like, point fucking blank. Somehow, she ain't fucking dead. She keeps moving the fuck around. That bitch died a painful death. I'll tell you, tell you that much straight up, because, man, she was flipping around. She must have got shot ten times, and she was still moving. Um, she got shot a bunch of times there, and then he walks up on the lawn and hits the dude again, pop out with, with, with the gun, with the handgun, and then he goes, he disappears for a while. The neighbors pop out and they're like, "Hey, you okay?" And they're like they're like dying on the street, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then like they run away because he's coming back out with a higher powered rifle to finish them the fuck off. And he goes right up over her and he's like, you know, you should have kept your fucking mouth shut. And bow, just lets off on her shit. She's done. He fucking walks up on the lawn, lets off on him, making sure he's done. And he goes back in the house and kills himself. So, but the fact that all of this shit was on video is fucking crazy. And um, I guess it was security footage from the neighboring house, like uh, duplexes or whatever they have. And um, man, from what I had... Uh, I try to look up, like, you know, if there's any previous thing they said or, you know, what led up to it. They said that this couple was, like, openly, like, shoveling snow from the street and throwing it onto this dude's car, like, in his yard, like, purposely fucking with him. And uh, they threw, like, the shovel at him, and he, the dude was, like, threatening, with, threatening to hit him or something. And uh, supposedly that the parents that got shot have, like, an... Uh, autistic 15-year-old son, I think, who was in the house at the time. So imagine, like, what this shit does to this kid's life. But, you know, this is that shit where, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, out in the street calling this guy a pussy until he blows your motherfucking head off. I, I, again, I don't know what led up to it, but whatever made you think that you could really bully this fucking guy and you could just berate him to the point where like what happens well that happened you know people talk live crazy shit until shit goes down and it's just it's just wild man it i know this shit happens all the time but in the same token like seeing it on video really drives it home that much more like you you walk around a little nicer to motherfuckers you know because shit could really go down and if you live life like it can't happen, there's a real good chance it's going to fucking happen to you. Because, I mean, they called this guy a pussy and he blew their fucking heads off. So I guess they were wrong. You know, I'd, I'd have to mark them as dead fucking wrong. Um, no pun intended, but, you know, is what it is. Um, yeah, that's just wild shit. It also makes me wonder, like, did those two have a certain kind of flag on their lawn? Because, like, I, I get that vibe. Like, if tension was building to this point, and, like, they're at the point where they, they're just, like, 
relentless going at somebody. That's the vibe I'm seeing out of a certain group these days. Just just speculation, but it wouldn't surprise me in the, in the slightest. Um, but yeah, that's brutal. So then I'll tell you a side story about that. So Jesus sent me the video. I've seen it. And the shit just stuck in my head for a couple of days. I walked through the front office at my work and I'm like, yo, you guys see that fucking video? And this wasn't like, yo, you guys see that video? It was dope. I'm like, yo, do you guys see that shit? Uh, and they're like, oh, what video, whatever. And I'm like, oh, the thing. And they're like, you saw it? I'm like, yeah. The, yeah. It sent to me on, online. It's not. And they're like, you have the video? I'm like, well, I don't have it. I mean, hold up. Next thing you know, I watched this video another eight fucking times because now everybody needed to see the video via my fucking phone. And, uh, you know, I'm going to die with images of that shit in my fucking brain because I had to keep watching that shit, you know, because this one needs to see it. This one needs to see it. And then Kathy's like, you know, you got to send that shit to me. So I try to record it with my phone because she doesn't have a Facebook. So I try to record it with my phone. But then when I did it, the audio was off. She's like, I don't have audio. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it when I get home. So then I, I put it on when I get home to record. And I put it on my bed. And I'm like trying not to watch it. But as I'm hearing it, I'm kind of like my eyes are shooting over, like watching it again. It's fucking crazy, man. So I, I watched that video way more fucking times than I wanted to. And um, yeah, it, it's fucking wild. Um, oh, I forgot to go back to the the shitty Niner fans and stuff like that. Um, yeah, these group pages are crazy. So I, I went on there and I was saying how, like, I was rooting for the Chiefs because of this. And plus Montana went to the Chiefs after he was with San Francisco. And, um, you know, that was just, like, why I was rooting for them. And I said, you know, you guys are mad because they beat us last year. But, like, we let up a huge lead. That's That's our fault. That's not like they fucked us out of the game. You wouldn't believe the response of, like, the refs completely robbed us of that game. Like, look, the pass interference call was crazy. Offensive pass interference call was crazy. But we proceeded to let up an entire fucking lead, uh, a big lead in the fucking Super Bowl. We let them back in the game and stopped scoring. What the fuck you think? You know, you take zero responsibility for that. It's all the refs. I, I am not interested in watching football like that, you know, where if my team loses, it's somebody else's fault. I, I just hate that fucking vibe. Take responsibility for your fucking actions. Like these motherfuckers that got shot in the fucking head, their, the responsibility they got for their actions was that fucking guy walking across the street and murdering them. You know, your team fucking loses, figure out where your team went wrong instead of figuring out where the refs fucked you over. That's such a pussy way to live life, to just be like... I couldn't have lost, so someone else must have screwed me. Uh, I see people all the time let their fucking cats outside like idiots. And then when the cats, quote-unquote, lost, they go, the cat never leaves the yard. Someone must have stole it. Like, no, asshole. The cat got bored with your fucking yard. The world was its oyster, and it fucking ran off after something. Or two neighbors down are feeding outside cats, and they got better food than you're feeding your cat. When you let it out the front door and just go, well, you know, good luck today. See you later. But again, like, God forbid something happens to that cat. Oh, someone must have stole it because I had it under control with the cat just having free reign of the outside world. It's just the same, like, just 
irresponsible behavior and never taking any any responsibility for your own actions. Don't take any credit for the shit that happens, the, the bad shit that happens. It's just, I can't stand it. Like, these people were so committed. Oh, uh, maybe you should watch football if you really think the refs didn't steal that game from us. Like, how do you watch any fucking game if you feel that's how it operates? If you feel the way that the whole fucking NFL operates all year long is they just fucking, the refs make one call here, one call there, and then it steers the entire NFL the way that they want it to go. If that's really the way that you feel about football, why the fuck do you watch it? And then when we do win the Super Bowl, then all is right. They took a, a year off of fixing it. Is that what we're talking about? Or did they fix it for us that year? Why do you live like this? This shit is crazy. I, it's fucking irritating to me to even read this shit. And then they, they're talking to you like you're stupid for not thinking that dumb shit. Like, bro, I, I can't fuck with you. They, everything, the colleges, the, the, these guys are, are working their asses off to get fucking eligible for the NFL, to get drafted, to get here, to get there, just for later on, like, their WWE in the fucking NFL. That that's that's the gimmick we're going with. Nah, oh, man, I, I ain't with it. Um, apparently, Necro's not dying now. I, I saw something that he posted something about uh, the lymphoma's gone or whatever. That's terrible news. If that's the truth, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm very um, hopeful to outlive this dude. You know what I mean? And I feel like that was like a a, a safe bet. So. I, you know, don't don't let us down, Necro. Choose death, bro. Um. Um. Oh, I want to talk about companies making you jump through fucking hoops to cancel memberships and shit, but they don't do that shit for you to join. People need to start giving these companies shit. Any one of these fucking companies that do this to you. Make sure you leave ne negative fucking reviews on their company. Whether that be, whatever, what is that, Yelp or something? I've never done Yelp, but fucking Yelp, bad reviews all over you motherfuckers. Take fucking charge of this shit and, and, and make them fucking make changes to their policies because it's bullshit. You can sign up for, like, for instance, uh, Retro, Retro Fitness. You can sign up online. You can sign up on the phone. You can fucking write them a fucking letter. And they'll sign you to fuck it up. You can show up at any any location. If you want to cancel your fucking membership, because, you know, I've converted over to home training. I, I'm in the process of getting move, rooms moved around in my house. And at the end of these room moves, I'm going to have a gym room. Like, I ain't got shit to worry about with a fucking gym now. Now I got... And, and another thing I just did is I got 390 pounds of fucking... Uh, plate weights for 275 i gave him 280 because i knew the, the ridiculous feel and I, I didn't have change i was just like keep keep the five but yeah you know, that's that's like well under a dollar a pound which is insane for that type of weight like i'm good I, i'm fucking good and i could do so fucking much i'll have a room completely dedicated to that i'm gonna shift around my my actual life schedule and try to get some workouts in in the morning and shit, you know, because my nightlife is is real limited on time. Like when I when I come home, I got so much to do and 
But I, I'm going to figure out exactly where it fits best. I'm still, you know, doing all the training I can, you know, in the middle of doing all these different moves and redoing rooms and, you know, working eight, nine hours a day and having one day off a week and taking care of, uh, you know, 10 chickens and ducks and, uh, you know, all the cats. And There's a lot. There's a lot. But anyway, um, so I want to cancel my membership. Because, you know, the pandemic and this and this just phased me out of that shit. And it's still not really super safe. And why even fucking flirt with that, that bullshit, you know? To, to go somewhere and train that might get me sick to take me out of fucking work isn't worth the fucking convenience of, of the gym having everything I need there. I'll just continue to build my arsenal at home, and that's what it is. But if you want to cancel that shit, and I still have to do this because I just haven't had the time. You have to go to the specific branch that you signed up for. So just say that you signed up in, you know, whatever town and then maybe you moved or maybe you, you know, started frequenting the one near your job or something. Well, you still have to go back to the original one that you signed up at in person and you have to write a letter saying that you want to cancel your membership and uh and hand it to them at the counter and then they can document that and then cancel your membership within five to ten days or some silly shit like this but again a click of your fucking mouse online and you're signed up and they're taking money out of your card every month you know a phone call boom taking money out of your card every month oh you want to you want to cancel Nah, nah you ain't you ain't gonna do it that way and then, like, uh, Gamefly. I was using Gamefly for a while. And I'll do that. Like, I'll go through phases of using Gamefly. And it's good because, like, if, if you have a habit of buying games and hating them, th it, it's a good fucking service to have because, you know, you could have a game or you can make it where you have two or three. You can rent movies that way through them. And, uh, you know, you can get a game, try it out. If you don't like it, you send it right back. Or you can hang on to it for a while and... You know, just play it as long as you want. Then if you want to buy it, too, you can hit, like, the, the keep shit, and it charges you, like, whatever used game feed that that game is at, and it's just yours. So it's real cool because it, you know, allows you to try shit out rather than just spending that 50, 60 bucks and being like, oh, like, this fucking game sucks. I'm not playing it. But, again, sign right up on your phone, and... If you want to cancel, you need to be on the desktop version of the website. You can't do it on your phone. What the fuck? Why the fuck? You know? But again, it's like just a little bit of a difficulty to do that. Then maybe they get another month out of you. And it's just, it's just bullshit business. And these fucking businesses need to start getting fucking held accountable for that shit. They, they need to start getting fucking shamed for that to the point where... People are like, I'm not signing up for your shit because if I do want to cancel, I don't want to jump through fucking hoops. So fuck you. You're not getting my business. And eventually they'll fucking they'll pull that type of policy out of there. If they lose enough business to be like, it's not worth the business we're losing to try to keep people in for another month or two for inconvenience. You know, it's just shit business to run things that way. It's like, oh, you can sign up easy. You just, you know, wave at me in the street and I'll just sign you up. But if you want me to, you know, but if you want me to cancel that membership, you got to beat me in a triathlon. And then, you know, look, I've been training for years. I don't think it's going to happen. 
you know, that that's not the way fucking business should roll. But uh yeah, it's just it's just garbage, these motherfuckers. Uh, um let me see. Mm-hmm. I put up a post earlier for question topics. Yeah, Joe Numbers brought up the, uh, the the conspiracies that they keep floating. And uh, Super Bowl referee Sarah Thomas has a son named dun, 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 Brady. God, fuck it. You know, it, it just that that silly ass conspiracy shit is just unbelievable that anyone would even operate their life that way. Like relying on that level of luck for things to just not ever fall coincidentally close to, you know, your agenda. Ah, come on, man. Um, Keaton asked me a bunch of questions. Thanks for questions. Um, how was work? How are the kitties? Great. Um, I, I, we are absolutely crushing it. Um, we sent home three feline AIDS positive cats within like a month's time, which is great. Um, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world to have the, the feline AIDS for a cat to have that, um, most of the cats live a full, happy, healthy life with it. But, you know, it, the, just the sound of it has turned away countless adopters. Um, I, I posted, um, you know, the, that same kind of statement, just saying that, you know, we adopted out three, you know, feeling AIDS positive cats within, the, within like a month's time. And I posted it on my work page, and I think I posted it on my non-work page. And I had one lady comment on the work page that was like, she's involved in an animal shelter somewhere. So at some point or another, you know, we became friends on there. I don't know her at all personally, but we became friends, mutual friends, whatever the case is. And, you know, I'll add anybody who's, you know, just, you know, animal, animal related. Um, so I, uh, I posted that and she posted something like, uh, we adopt out feline aids at cats all the time. People don't even care about that anymore. I deleted her fucking immediately. Like, you, you out of your goddamn mind? You don't know what the fuck I deal with. You have no idea what the fuck I deal with. You, you know, like, I've specifically showed these cats to multiple fucking people and said, hey, he's really sweet, but he's feline aids positive and but it's not a big deal and like i could see them tuning out as i get to like the second sentence after feline aids positive and i'm explaining like how it's not a serious thing and like it could be lived with and you know all the facts behind it and i i, I watch person after person walk away from this good cat and walk away from this good cat so, like, don't ever fucking diminish my accomplishments and, you know, my shelter's accomplishments or even downgrade your own accomplishments in getting these cats into homes. You know, th- this shit is a big deal. It's, it's fucking silly to, to treat things like, oh, yeah, this thing, yeah, we do it all the time. Like, dude, like, I've been in my shelter for 20 years. There was a point where cats were euthanized for that. They came up positive when there wasn't really like we're going to keep this one and that one. 
And as years went by, you know, it loosened up. We're, we're now we were able to have the opportunity to, to present this into a home, you know, to, to try to get this cat a home. And, and you know, I, I've I've seen it. And, and yes, it's gotten better. But in the same token, it's it's not quite as simple as. You know, this this woman was making it out to be so the cats are great. Um, I got also got. Kovu adopted with Sherman. So that was a two-cat adoption. Kovu was the last male from the 38-cat household that I got three of my cats from. Um, you know, the household full of the white cats with a few orange ones in there. Um, so there was 38 cats there. We got 19 in our facility. I, I lost Nuka about a year and a half ago to cancer. And Outside of that, we now have two girls left. That's Estelle and Shenzi. And all of the others have been adopted. So I, we got 16 out of those 19 cats from that house adopted. And the amount of shyness and aggression and defensive behavior and everything we had to deal with, these weren't just, and they're gorgeous cats, but these weren't just easy goes, you know, they didn't just come into the shelter, start mushing everybody and go home. These were cats lunging at us, you know, um, shitting themselves when you got in close contact with them because they were that scared that, you know, and, and at the end of that, to have 16 out of the 19 adopted, I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge success. Uh, so, yeah, that's um yeah, because Avril went home, who was another one of the girls. That that's what brought us to that number. So now there's just the two left. But um, yeah, I mean we're 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 doing really good with adoptions. You know, we're headed towards that that cold part of the winter where our intake isn't as heavy. So while we're clearing these adoptions out, we're just getting lots of open cages, which is good because that prepares you for the summer and kitten season. You know, and anything you're going to have to deal with going forward from there. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going really well. Um, thoughts on the Chiefs fan saying the Super Bowl is rigged to get Tom Brady a ring. Yeah, again, I, I went over this whole thing, and that's 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 my thoughts. It, it's silly as shit, and um, I don't know who would ever believe that 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 should be taken seriously as an adult. Um, Indies running shows in Tampa after what just happened in October. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really respect the whole uh, indie wrestling during the pandemic shit. I just don't. Um, I think it's it's really careless. Uh, you got like Tremont, you know, they cut New Jersey's uh, indoor occupancy down to like thirty five percent or something. And, um, and Captain Dave posted like on Tremont's thing, like, Hey, so like posted the, you know, whatever mandate that they passed, uh, governor Murphy passed and, um, just posted like, Hey, what's this mean for our shows? Tremont, like, what, you know, and Tremont just posts like tickets are still on sale. And it's just like, dude, why, why, why are you just continuously putting people in danger? 
it, it's fucking silly. He's packed more buildings during the fucking pandemic than he ever did beforehand. So it's just, it's just careless shit, carny behavior. Um, continued beef between ICW fans and GCW fans. Yeah, I don't know much about it because I ain't really either. Um, I don't know. Um, but I will mention the the Mickey Knuckles thing because I guess Mickey reached out to ICW trying to get booked over there because she sees that you know there's a lot of uh, familiar faces there, a lot of old uh, mid south talent and everything. And I guess she hit them up, and they just like shot her down. And uh, so, uh, yeah, this, this couldn't be Mickey. Kind of like hinting that she wasn't smart enough to make like such a in- inquiry in the way that she did. And uh, I guess she she went back at them and then found out that Danny DeMano's not booking her because she slapped them in the locker room years ago defending Ian. So that's that's how the whole situation went down. But it's like, you know, I, I Danny, Danny's not a good dude. Brett's not a good dude. So when all this nonsense goes on between uh, this one and that one, and I, I just, it's to be expected. I said this shit when they they partnered up to to do the GCW thing to begin with. I was like, those are two shitheads made for each other. And then eventually they weren't able to occupy the same space anymore. Brett weaseled that shit out of Danny's hands because, you know, Danny was the fucking in with JCW. And, you know, he had the in with Ricky O. And then next thing you know, it was Danny and Brett. And then for Danny to be out the door, it's like, wait a minute. Like, you know, because they did some shit where they put in Brett's name to the taxes or some kind of weaselly shit. And in the end, he got it. He got his ass weaseled out of the fucking company. So then he started doing his own version of what he wanted to do with Jack Sabbath shit over there with, with uh, ICW. You know, but yeah, a- any kind of carny, just scumbag garbage that comes out of either camp, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Trump supporters trying to convince themselves that he's, uh, that he's still president and Biden is an actor. Yeah, I mean, this is just that shit where it's like, Again, take the fucking loss like a fucking adult. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And if you lose and you pretend like it's not real, no one should ever take you seriously on the planet again. People should treat you like you like like your special needs. Like they should just be like, "Oh, no, he doesn't understand what that means." It's okay. And then just talk to other responsible adults around them as if they don't really matter in in the conversation because they're not going to understand what you're trying to get across you know and and hopefully they'll all you know gather and move off to an island somewhere and you know live in their own parlor social media run by donald trump i i don't know i just they, they have such insane conspiracy theories and they keep pushing back the date. No, no, they're going to overturn it. No, he's still going to come back and be president. What are you talking about? Like nothing like that has ever happened before. He's currently on trial for the, for the, uh, 
the insurrection. I, I, it just just doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I don't know how to identify with people who have that simple of a fucking mind and can't even comprehend the loss, the way that it's gone on for as long as our country has existed. Someone has won as someone has lost. And never has someone lost and carried on for months and had their followers carrying on for months and months that like, no, bullshit. Dude, you just, you don't even want to look at these people like, oh, you, you're still doing that? That's fucking crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's all I have on that page. Um. And then Shaheen's got some stuff over here for me. See, social media. There we go. All right. All this goddamn snow. Am I getting hit in New Jersey? Where I'm at, no. I mean, I don't want to say no completely. But, like, where people were getting, like, 8 inches or 10 inches, we were getting, like, 2 or 3 and then it was raining, so it was like a lot of slush and ice and just gross shit. Like dangerous on the roads, but not pretty at all. Not a lot of uh, real shoveling to do because it's just slush and water and ice. And, um, you know, as the temperature would drop some days, everything that was down would freeze and it was pretty dangerous. But then most of the time, it was just above that freezing point, so it was just messy. Um, yeah, so I didn't really, I didn't really get what everybody else got, but it's still just been shitty and on and off with the, uh, water freezing in my chicken pen. So I got to carry buckets out there and, you know, doing that twice a day in the morning and at night, making sure that they have steady water. Um, you know, the pens wrapped, so it stays about 10 degrees warmer in there than it is outside. But when it's dropping down to those, you know, teens and stuff. Shit's freezing regardless. Um, even like the twenties, like you know, you're 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 getting frozen stuff in there. So, um, so yeah, um, exotic trophies in the fake antique place he visited. Yeah, Shaheen showed me pictures and shit, and it was like uh, in Ace Ventura when he he went into the the fucking the dude's house. He went in that one room and it was just surrounded by animal heads and all taxidermy shit everywhere. It's just that that crazy, creepy shit. Um, I don't understand the collecting of a dead animal. Um, I, I don't know what that's supposed to stand for because the animal is clearly beautiful in itself, but it's now been killed for sport. So you can look at the dead version of it, which to me is no longer beautiful. It's something that once was beautiful and and shared the earth with us you know was was out there and you know we've uh we we've really taken fucking advantage of nature you know it it's gotten to the point it's gone far past the point over decades and centuries really humans have just continuously pushed out everything but themselves and everything else is just in our way that that's how they treat it you know if there's too many deer because well we overpopulated before we could talk about their population we should talk about our population but 
that's like an untouchable subject. You know, so much so that even if you didn't want your, your kid, there's a large, large group of people to say that, like, no, you should still have that kid whether you want it or not, because that's just the fuck I feel, you know, which is weird to me, not to go off on a side tangent, but that pro-life shit is weird to me, because those same people are very, very pro-killing animal, like, hunting and shit, like, how many hunters are pro-life? How is that? You can take that deer off because you've decided that there's too many of those. But when this this girl is pregnant and doesn't want the baby and doesn't want to bring it, uh, a kid into the, the world, whether she's able to isn't able to care for the baby or just, just isn't set up for that, you know, and she makes a decision to do that, that to you is way off limits. But you can go out and shoot as many ducks out of the sky as you want, you can go, you know, or whatever the bag limit is on that. You know, you can get permits and you can go over to Africa and, and kill a fucking lion or uh, a cheetah. You can go kill a fucking giraffe or a rhino. Trump's kids do this shit. I guess pro-life doesn't go into the animal world at all, does it? That's That doesn't really, that doesn't work that way, huh? It's there's so much hypocrisy with that shit. And, and I don't know, it's just disgusting to me. But this is also why, like, when we talk about, you know, because I've heard a lot of topics and discussions about people calling zoos, zoos are terrible and, you know, animals should be in the wild. Unfortunately, what people have done is they've made it less safe in the wild than it is in zoos. Yeah, it's natural for the tiger to be in the wild, but humans have eliminated the majority of them in the wild so now there's more in captivity than there ever was in the wild now sure there's many many places who have no business caring for you know these these wild animals they can't provide proper care for these wild animals and, and what they're doing is criminal you know the joe exotics of the world um but when we're talking about places like the bronx zoo beautiful absolutely beautiful the habitats are amazing they look like they're in home and they don't have to worry about predators they don't have to worry about humans so because they're within the right group of humans that that tiger that gorilla that you know monkey will completely exceed their natural life expectancy in the wild because all these other things are off the table and now we're going to help them with veterinary care things they would never have in the wild we're going to help them in a way that they definitely wouldn't have had, you know, on their own. So unfortunately it's like, okay, so if you stay out in the wild, you fall into the hands of the developers who are going to knock down your habitat. You're going to deal with the poachers who are going to deal just with, they want your fur. They want your, your bones. They want all that, you know, that's you you fall on the mercy of those people if you're in the wild and the numbers are going to continue to dwindle you'll keep it getting pushed into different areas where maybe more predators you know you'll be more susceptible to predators there's less roaming space for these animals so now you know 
so many different things change the landscape of you know if you own animals you learn how much the environment means to them you change one thing in a in a room you know if you have cats or you have this and that you, you can see that there's a difference in their behavior based on how how their environment is so when we continue to to fuck with this in the wild and do all the damage we do and then again not take real responsibility for our actions and continue to point at they're overpopulated and they're that bear is in a place he shouldn't be really because it wasn't at his fucking living room before you dropped that fucking house there you know the, you go back 20 years and 30 years and that was just a batch of woods right there so who the fuck told the bear that, hey, that, that area is off limits and we'll kill you if you come near it? You know, they, they have no way of fucking knowing that. But we, with our fucking arrogance as humans, continue to develop and treat the world as if we're the only thing that matters. So, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. And, I mean, that's, that's the exotic trophies and everything. And not only uh, will I stick up for the places like the Bronx Zoo for the sake of their in-house care of their animals there, but they also do things for conservation and they've, they've repopulated areas, uh, repopulated areas with, you know, different type of endangered species and, you know, bred in captivity to release into the wild in order to keep a species going that was on the brink of extinction. They have a show uh, called the zoo and they showed something they were doing with a specific type of frog. And they were breeding these guys and, and reintroducing them in, I think, Africa. But it would take these conservationists and these type of humans to keep feeding the supply into the wild that other fucking humans are ruining. So on the good side of things and keeping these species alive are... The, the proper zoos are the proper organizations for animals and you know you, you gotta stay aware of, of that devastation that's going on in the wild it's it's nice to just say oh they belong in the wild and that's what it is okay cool but watch the numbers drop in the wild without assistance from any place like that um and even at that I mean, it's fighting a losing battle, and humans will still wipe these fucking species off the planet. So, we kind of have to find safe places for them, build safe places for them, and allow them to live. And that's hard, because we keep overpopulating the planet, and we need more of that space to live. So, it's fucked. Um, little Uzi... Puts 24 million on his forehead. Um, yeah, like that's his like gem in the middle of his head or some shit. I, I don't understand why this dude is popular at all. He can't rap. His whole shit is garbage. And, and I don't even know, like, where does he get 24 fucking million dollars for that garbage fucking music? I feel like almost every fucking person I know who's into rap are like, yeah, that, that shit is garbage. But Somehow this dude's filthy fucking rich off that garbage. This is cornball ass dudes. Again, there's too many deer. Lil Uzi Vert has fucking $24 million on his forehead. Pretty sure the deer aren't fucking abusing the privilege to be on this fucking planet the way 
people like this is. You know what I mean? The little Uzi Burke could barely speak fucking a coherent sentence, but this dude's filthy fucking rich and the deer can't just run through the woods because there's too many of those. Like, what the fuck, man? You know what I mean? But fuck a Uzi Burke. Um, Tyler Rex gender change. I don't know, man. That's an ugly ass chick, though. If that's a chick, that's an ugly ass chick. I seen the pictures, it's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Uh, Kenta in AEW. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw him pop up. I guess we'll just go into the next thing and touch back with that because I don't have really much to say about the AEW thing, but. Now, New Japan Pro Wrestling and my new subscription. Yeah, I subscribed to NG, NJPW World. Haven't watched any of it in like a, a week. But my theory on it was they are still fucking fighting there. They're still beating the shit out of each other. I was not wrong. I watched, um, I think it was like Kenta versus um, Kojima. I, I mean, I, I saw some some cool recent shit out of them i watched you know a few of the uh wrestle kingdom matches and you know good stuff i i almost think that it's too late for me with wrestling that i'm just so checked out that i'll never hook into anything because i was really hoping to just like get hooked and i'm not done with it you know I'm, I'm gonna still play with it and try to you know get into it and everything but um it's the type of wrestling I want. But again, like something about like just doesn't keep my fucking attention. Um, I mean, they, you know, they have the English commentary. So, I mean, I should be able to follow with, you know, what's going on here and there. But, but I mean, somebody's they'll be like fucking eight man tag and they're hitting each other like their life depends on it. That's the shit I love. So it's, uh, you know, I have to learn all the characters and all the fucking things. Because I don't know shit about any of that. I know a handful of Japanese wrestlers, and that's that's about it. I've never been, like, die-hard fucking Japanese wrestling fan. and um, But, I mean, they, they, they do that real shit there. They're still kicking fucking ass. So, um, I, I'll keep you updated if there's something that jumps out at me or whatever. Um, but, yeah. I'm giving it a shot. It's probably too late, but I'll give it a shot. But yeah, I I literally saw fucking Kenta do some shit on the NJPW, and it might have been just that match against Kojima. I think that was Wrestle Kingdom. And then uh, I was flipping through the channels where Nina had on the living room. She saw like Kingston or something while she was flipping through the channels. Like, oh shit, let me see what's going on here. Because, you know, we know all the indie guys, and, you know, even Nina knows all the indie guys. We went for, you know, over a decade of watching this stuff every every month. So it was cool to see these guys popping up on the TV. So, um, yeah, so we were flipping through, and then all of a sudden I saw Kenta come out at the end. I was like, oh, shit, Kenta. And, uh, yeah, I guess that was his debut there. So I never, ever watch AEW, but within the, uh, a day or two of getting the NJPW, there's Kenta on the, the TV. So, there's that. Um, I wonder how much crossover they're going to be able to do between NJPW and AEW. Because I think that's a game changer. If they really tie in tight where they can use all the talent back and forth, it, it's it's going to get competitive. Because that, that's a huge talent pool. 
Huge talent pool. Um, any thoughts on Fight Forever, GCW 24-hour show? Nah, not at all. Again, I, I, I skimmed it. I looked at um, just like the match list thing, like throughout, like every show. And I saw zero that I wanted to see. Just nothing. Like, you know, credit to Tony Deppin for a two-hour match, but two-hour match versus Jordan Oliver, I don't want to see two minutes of a fucking Jordan Oliver match. I've seen not a single Jordan Oliver match that I enjoyed other than Dickinson beating the shit out of this kid. I've seen no Jordan Oliver matches that I like. So for me to go like, yeah, I'm going to watch two hours of him wrestle, I fucking... There's no part of me that thinks that that would happen. I, I would never, ever invest any time in that. So, credit for a two-hour match, but fuck, if I ever watch that shit, never going to happen. Um, Tremont and COVID, yeah, I, I covered that. Like, it, it's, just, it's just reckless, completely reckless. And, you know, he, he's one of those dudes, too. If he gets that shit, it's probably taking him out. He's had all, all types of MRSA. <coughs> he's obese. You know, he's living in a fucking wrestling building. You know, dude, I can't imagine that shit working out where you're okay if you get that shit. So, keep rolling the dice. Uh, Hondo coming back, yeah. I tell you, with the uh, the cannonball match and shit, like, I'm not, I'm not into that type of thing. Um, Screech dying, yeah. He was a scumbag. Let's not get it fucked up. Um, nobody, nobody fucked with him after that. Save out of Bell after all, because he's a dickhead. But um, if you'd like to hear a tribute that sounds like he was an amazing person, listen to Captain Dave's obituary on him. Um, I just listened to it again yesterday. Amazing. Uh, gotta gotta watch that one. Um, remember when he he punched fucking uh Matt Wolf, and Matt Wolf did the, the most horrible sell in the fucking world. And flopped on the ground and like he died. He was supposed to fight the bagel guy. And the bagel guy backed out. So then and that, that dude that runs that uh, celebrity boxing shit. He subbed in fucking Matt Wolf. Blurry picture ass Matt Wolf. And and he, he took like a, a terrible bump and, and sold one punch. And come on, man. Um, he should have died like then, like that day. <laughs> they should have just took him in the back and just, you know. Um, Blake Christian gets signed and leaves GCW. I don't know where he got signed. I don't know if it's a WWE thing, AEW. I don't know. I mean, he's a really talented high flyer. He reminds me like a you know, young, amazing red kind of thing. He does some really, really cool shit. Um, of course, he's not, you know, the innovator and OG that Amazing Red was. I'm not putting him on his level, but he's got that that crazy talent, you know, where he does some some really, really cool shit. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lane for him. So, that's what it is. Uh, Joey cries over being bullied on the internet at Fight Forever. I didn't see this because I didn't watch any of the fight for everything, but it's, it's more the same. Joey is an emotional ass dude. And 
you know, he, he's he goes on the mic and he starts, you know, thanking fans and he starts screaming about fans on the internet, calling them fat. And it's just, it's like, dude, you spend so much fucking time on Twitter. Hit the motherfucking gym. Like, dude, just go to the fucking gym, man. Spend that time instead of arguing with people like that Elena Black chick who got signed like days after you told her she wasn't going to be shit. You know, instead of fucking bickering with people on there and worrying about every word Jim Cornette says, go hit the fucking gym. I, I, you know, I saw Joey when he locked in right in the beginning of the, the pandemic thing or sometime during the pandemic. He was going regularly with um, Dickinson and he was killing it. He was out there pushing himself fucking hard. And then he just lets off. He's just like, fuck it. And, and then it's just the white claws and the fucking internet. And, and that's it. And dude, if you don't want to hear people calling you fat, stop being fucking fat. I mean, that that's a pretty easy uh, formula. Or stop giving a fuck if they call you fat. Those are your two choices. Either own being fat and actually be okay with it. Or make it so that ain't a fucking thing anymore. You know, but you, you, you're doing like both sides of things where you're going, I don't want to do anything about being fat. However, um, I, I don't like that they're saying shit about it either. Well, all right. You don't, you don't get to have both of those things. And, you know, I, I, I laid off Joey because, you know, it is what it is. And I don't even fucking watch wrestling anymore for the most part. So what am I going to do? Beat this guy up about his physique and the fact that he could do better. You know, it's 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 really not getting me anywhere, and he's certainly not listening. So maybe maybe at some point, you know, I, I know I hit some nerves at some points, but now it's to the point where it's you know it's Cornette. Now the, the the company has so many followers that he's getting some of that voice from a lot more angles at this point because this is not me anymore for sure. Um. But yeah, he's an emotional ass dude. I don't know. Uh, Deppin has two hour match. Talked about that. Um, IWA Mid South taking over ICW. Neil Diamond Cutter, John Wayne Murdoch, Reed Bentley, etc. Um, yeah, I don't know why anyone would bring in Neil Diamond Cutter. Like I, I had to hit this dude up on behalf of uh, my friend to help him get his shirt that he paid for. The dude was pretty much stiffing him on. And like this guy's being brought in like, like a hot commodity onto the East coast Man, the fuck out of here. But at this point, it's just like anyone who will consistently bleed for that company. They're just going to keep booking those kind of guys. And if they can still get them at like a reasonable rate, John Wayne Murdoch looks like he's, he's pregnant with a fucking twin. So he ain't getting signed by nobody on the fucking planet. So not, they're not going to get like crossover hardcore wrestler out of him. Like not fucking built like that. They think Joey's fat. This fucking guy. This guy is ridiculous. You know? And um, yeah. It, they're just going to use whatever guys they can. And I'd imagine his, his rate stays still pretty reasonable because his, his options are limited. He, he doesn't have the world at his fingertips. He's got Cheetos at his fingertips. But that much I'll fucking tell you. He's got pork rinds at his fingertips, but he ain't got the world at his fingertips. Um, but yeah, um, 
I don't know. What can you do? What What is ICW going to do at this point? You know, what are, What are any of these companies going to do? Because now AEW snatching up anything they can. Uh, WWE is kind of like stuffing a bunch of talent into the NXT era, you know, area, and then you know, TNA I think still a thing, right? I don't even fucking know. Um, Ring of Honor signs up some shit, so you know it's going to be a smaller talent pool, and plus, you know, with the COVID, you can only run so many shows. So things are kind of at a standstill. They're not doing like fly-ins from all over the fucking place anymore. So that's, you know, the game has kind of changed as far as that goes. You're only really getting a local talent. If you fly your whole company to a, a different area, you get a little bit more of that area's talent. But it, it's not like it was. Definitely not like it was. When GCW first started it up, it was like, Oh, they're flying in Jody Fleisch. They're bringing in Teddy Hart. They're bringing this one. They're bringing in that one. You know, they were bringing in just whoever they could from wherever that they knew that the fans wanted to see. They were bringing in Supreme from California. They were bringing in this one from California. And, you know, uh, Homeless Jimmy. And, I mean, they were doing a lot of moving talent around the country. But it's not that anymore. So if you can get these guys in this fucking car ride, go stay at fucking Deathmatch Russell's house and shit, then, you know, free room and board and all of that shit. It, uh, it makes sense. I mean, it's all about cost effective. Uh, especially when you, you know, you can't even pack a house anymore. You can't put a thousand people in a building. So how can you cut costs? Who's going to do the fucking work for the least? That's why when you see these shows and it's packed with students and shit, not, you know, ICW, what I'm talking about, but you know, CCW got for a while. It was just like fucking looked like a half a dojo wars because that show was cheap to run. You know, most expensive thing about that was the fucking maybe the main event guys and then the building rental. That's it. So when they got no attendance, oh, we didn't have to pay like a shitload into the locker room. I don't know, it makes sense, but yeah, it is what it is. Check out, I got you five stars with my boy Jeremy doing his thing, Professor J. And uh, check out Eric at the, maybe Wentz is on the market, maybe he's not on the market. We don't know. It's it's going to be a problem. The, the NFC East is still going to be disastrous. Podcast. And uh, check out Sozio, struggling with Sozio. I wonder, like, you know, do like a five-year anniversary or something, and it'd be like his version of Frankie Picard. He's like still struggling, you know. <laughs> Frankie's got still smoking. How how crazy would it be for this dude to die of lung cancer? Like, to to have like a smoking gimmick, like he's kind of rubbing it in the world's face. Like I'm still smoking, you know. And then just, oh, Frankie's lung shut down. That's so crazy. Who could have saw that coming when he was still smoking? Such a cool gimmick. Um, check out Andrew Carlock, False Count Radio. Check out... What the fuck else did I... Thought I had something else. I don't even know, man. Um, 
yeah. So I, I think that's about all I got. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go check it. Oh, actually, I gotta finish building this bed now. So that, yeah, that's what I'm gonna go do now. Nine o'clock at night. So all right, check the motherfuckers later. Peace.